Hello, friends. This is Phonograph DJ Mac bringing you Centennial Songs. Today, we're going to take a step back more than 100 years to the release of a song that had some longevity and has managed to stay on the fringes of America's consciousness since it first became an earworm in 1905. And I won't be surprised to hear its warbling melody anytime again soon being used. Arthur Pryor was the first trombonist for John Philip Sousa and was effectively his band leader for many concerts as well as recording sessions by the turn of the 20th century. He struck out on his own and became one of the most recorded bands of the aughts. He was a musical chameleon able to take popular songs of the day and turn them into national hits, especially on the Victor label. He would do arrangements for marches as well as ragtime, orchestral excerpts, and light opera compositions. But he did not go to jazz, which he called a parasite on modern music. He was a prolific arranger, band leader, and wrote some really famous songs that became standards, like On the Jersey Shore, A Coon Band Contest, Razzmatazma, and his most famous number, The Whistler and His Dog. Many musical trends have come and gone through the decades. Artistic whistling was very popular on recordings beginning in the 1890s, as well as an act on the minstrel and vaudeville stages. There are many fantastic whistlers to be found on 100-year-old disc and cylinder records, and I have a lot of them. This 1905 composition by Arthur Pryor became popular from its inception. A 1905 cylinder recording lacks a certain oomph that the Arthur Pryor version from 1913 contains. The Whistler and His Dog was an instant hit and became a staple for Pryor as he toured widely and for anyone else looking for a surefire audience pleaser, the simple melody and its ability for the audience to whistle along made this a great one for live performances. Countless versions of this song were recorded around the world in homage to its simple appeal. Now the song never really faded away. It only faded to the background. I've mentioned many times of my first experiences with early music was cartoons and uh, the Little Rascals. And yeah, Buckwheat appears in a talent show whistling like a pro to this song. But we see offstage that Porky is operating a little Victrola to fool everyone. Uh, but the ruse is up when Porky decides to hit the Victrola with a hammer, sending the uh, ruse to an end. It sort of morphed into a popular song released on many Kitty 78s. And for those who lived on the East Coast, they may remember that this song was the theme for Officer Joe Bolton and his Clubhouse Gang, a kids' TV show featuring at first the Little Rascals and then the Three Stooges. Uh, the show ran till about 1970, but that burned the tune into many a baby boomer's head. It's heard a bit mutated as part of the Ren and Stimpy show in 2005. And a quick internet scan shows the song still being done by bands around the world today. 1913 ledgers credit whistling to McDonough and Dudley, two Victor label singers of the period. One question I have 
is that humans imitating animals had been part of the recording industry from the very beginning. Now the 1905 Edison Cylinder version of this tune certainly fits in that category, but I'm not so sure with Arthur Pryor's 1913 version. I had heard he had a dog that could bark on cue. It sounds like it may be a real dog on this recording, which begs the next question. When was the first time an animal was recorded? But that question is for someone else and another time, so let's just listen to Arthur Pryor's version of the seminal tune, The Whistler and His Dog, a victory recording from 1913, this week's Centennial Song. <laughs> 